You look like a dream catcher came to life. aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that's too beautiful to live. In the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm, and joining me from LRB Picnic HQ in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hi, Christy. Hello, Anne. As this episode is released, I think on this very Friday, I am in Seattle, with the rest of the LRB gang, and you're hosting me. Yes, you're in Linwood Studios. Indeed. (laughs) We're either in the process of or about to be LRB picnicking and hanging out at Green Lake and getting into about as much trouble as a bunch of podcasters in Seattle can get into. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I expect it to be wild. Yes. I hope that you get to... Um, experience the Mandarin Gate at some point. Mm-hmm. It's funny because all of my points of reference are entirely TBTL related. So <laughs> I don't know that that's necessarily like all the best places in Seattle. Right. But they're the only ones I know. Yeah, you're going to um, go back to work in there. Like, Did you see the Space Needle? No, but I went to Northgate to a karaoke <laughs> bar. And I also went to Dick's. <laughs> I go to all the cool places. Right. (laughs) Well, we hope that there are many Wagoneers coming to the picnic tonight. And uh, if you can't come, we're really sad that you're not going to be there. But hopefully you can be there with us in spirit. And we wouldn't want to leave you just completely without anything today. So we've put together a clip show for the month that I think is going to be really fun. And as an added bonus... It will irritate Mike as much as possible. (laughs) Mike doesn't know we're doing this, and I'm so excited. (laughs) Dear friends, today's clip show is about dream catchers. And Christy and I have kept it secret from the rest of the LRB hosts. So the first Mike knows about this will be... Wow. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry, Mike. (laughs) I'm sorry that happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think I came up with this. It was uh, I don't remember if it was a joint like we both messaged each other at the same time, like um, or if I came up with it. But Mike didn't let you tell your dream catcher on the show. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, now we got to do it. And you have no idea. I don't know if I've been passing these to you, but because um, it used to be just me that got the throw your phone moments, but now we all get them and I would forward them. But you don't know how many people have messaged me and said, let Anne talk. Let <laughs> Anne tell her story. I will. How much do I have to donate to get Anne to tell her story? And I My always just say, catcher. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're a dream catcher. And I just keep saying, just wait. Don't tell Mike, but just wait. Your time is coming. And today's the day. And the thing of it is, it's not that Mike told me that I couldn't tell my dream catcher. He said that I could, but that I'd have to think about the consequences if I did it. You what know, does that I even would have mean? To, 
weigh the costs and benefits. And what it made me think of is when I was 15 and I told my mother that I didn't want to take piano lessons anymore. And she's like, well, it's your decision. But if you quit piano, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Do you? Well, I kept taking them till I was 18. <laughs> because I got scared. I was right. like, wait, it's my mom. What if what if she's right? What if I do what? regret it? And so I kept wasted the next three years. No, it wasn't a waste. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like this is the same thing. Mike's telling me that I can make whatever decision that I want to, but... Right. And when a convicted felon tells you, well, there's going to be some consequences, you kind of have to sit back and wait or think about that, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but what do, what does that even mean? What could the consequences be of you telling a dream? Well, let's see. Worst case scenario, our download numbers could plummet as everyone stops listening to the show simultaneously. But I maintain that if people did not tune out after the eight-minute dream catcher he told, right? I'm probably safe. I mean, it was like a month or two later, he told a long... I can't even tell you what it was about because I fell asleep as soon as he said I had a dream. <laughs> and I'll tell you that if only... The three people or five, I don't even remember, the handful of people that have written to us to and said, let Anne speak. If they're the only ones that listen, I don't care because they're my favorites. I have to tell you, I stand by this dream. I will tell this dream to anyone and I think it will get a good response. Okay. Well, I have a, for, I have a question because I also have a dream. So okay. we're both going to tell our dreams. I have a dream. <laughs> I have a dream. And I would say it's just as important as the I have a dream speech. Um, exactly. But I have a question. Do you always have dreams that you remember? No. I have three dreams in my entire life that I could tell you about. And that's it. I know I've had other dreams I kind of know what some of the subjects are just because when people talk about certain kinds of dreams, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But as far as like concrete things that I can remember and I can tell, just three. So I think we should jump into telling our dreams and don't care about the consequences. All right. I'm so excited. Do you want to go first? Sure. Mine... This is the most recent. I mean, I'm the same thing. I have one dream that I've had my entire life. It's a reoccurring kind of nightmare that I've had since I was a kid. I don't want to talk about that one. And then this one. And this one stands out because there's TBTL people involved. And I oh. always hear these dream catchers and I'm like, that is bullshit. You did not dream about Luke walking to the store together and then this happened and then that happened. That did not happen to you. That's a lie. That's a dream court dream and then I had one and I was like okay okay I get it this was a stress dream the a uh, couple weeks before we uh, closed on this house and we had never seen the garage because we'd walk in and the people had to stage the house they had put all their stuff into the garage along the wall wait 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 yep. wait this was part of the house search wherein you were in a house like looking for the additional listed bathroom and it was out in the garage, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. So after this experience, 
how could you go without looking in the garage? <laughs> well, we went in there and everybody was so like the inspector and the real estate agent and Jeremy were so sold on the house and the rest of the house I loved. But the garage became, I guess, a stressor. I didn't even realize I had such a stress about it. Hmm. Um, probably because the other one had a toilet in the middle of it. <laughs> um, so we could see just open the door and say, oh, hey, garage. You know, it's like a two car garage situation. That that will be nice to have a garage. And that was the extent to it. And do you remember when Jen told the story at the last TVTL picnic about wanting to have a hiding spot for Jews in her house? Yes, I do. Okay. So that comes into my dream. Um, so the dream a couple weeks before we close, um, we in, in my dream, we take over the house and all of the appliances have been replaced with mini ones. A mini fridge, a tiny little dishwasher, uh, like a doll size washer and dryer. And Andrew is there for some reason and he's saying, these are so cute. It will hold like four cans of Coke. And I said, I know, but this is an adult family that needs an actual refrigerator. And so I was like getting very upset. He's like, oh no, we'll be fine. So I was like, well, I have to check out the garage. So we go into the garage and there's a door along the wall. And when you walk through the door, there was people, indentured servants, like people that have been like illegally brought into the country to work as slaves working in this room and like sewing and like putting word woodwork together. And I was like, what are we going to do? These are illegal slaves. We now own this house. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> Christy, this dream just got dark. I know. <laughs> and I was so upset. Like, what are we going to do? We have, we have to replace all the appliances. And now we have to take care of all of these people. Are we going to go to jail if we tell anyone? And that was my dream. Wow. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a stress dream. Right? <laughs> so always check the garage. Huh. So the... interesting that Andrew was the one in your dream. I know. <laughs> and he was so, and he was like so into it. Like, oh, mm -hmm. look at this tiny little fridge. <laughs> Maybe he needs one to put out on the back porch instead right. of the it, nasty cooler. Yeah, if only there was a device that kept things cold. <laughs> well, someday someone might invent something. I don't know. <laughs> so did you just have this dream the one time? The one time. Hmm. Luckily. <laughs> and then I, I think I went into the... Jeremy thought it was so hilarious. He told everybody, told the agent. And so our agent was like, oh, okay, let's go. And then he like, <laughs> when we took over, he's like, oh, look, Christy, there's no room with people living in it. And I'm like, well, that's good. I'm glad you can make a joke about it. So I was very upset in the dream. Well, I'm glad it all worked out. Yes, me too. <laughs> all right. Let's hear your long awaited dream catcher. All right. Here we go. I had this dream many, many years ago. I believe I was in college. In the dream, I had just had a baby. And I was standing in the hospital in an empty hallway, and I was cradling in the, the baby in my arms. And then the baby turned into a giant corn dog. What? Okay, more questions than answers. Wait, How I'm not done. How big is giant? 
Is it the size of the baby? Baby size corn dog, stick coming out the end. Obviously, this corn dog is very hot because it's just been cooked, right? right? So it's burning the skin on my arms. So I grab it by the stick and hold it up. And after a minute, I think, eh, what the hell? And I take a big bite out of it. And I start chewing. And then I think, oh my God, no, this isn't really a corn dog. This is my baby. I'm cannibalizing my baby. And so I lay it back down in my arms quickly. And this is the best part. I turn the corn dog so that the bite is facing me so that nobody will be able to see <laughs> that I bit my corn dog baby. <laughs> and then I walk down the hall looking for someone to help me. And that was the entire dream. That's, oh my gosh, corn dog baby. <laughs> Christy, what does that dream say about me? You were hungry when you went to bed. I guess I was. <laughs> it's a few months. You had this, you've had this a while ago, or else I'd say you're excited for the Minnesota State Fair. Could be. Well, I'm always excited for the Minnesota State Fair. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I need to know, were you still cuddling it? Were you yeah. still like, was it wrapped in a blanket? No. Still? Nope. Mm-mm. Oh. It's just a big corn dog. You didn't eat it with mustard or anything? No. Mm -mm. Did it taste good? I don't remember having any complaints about it. <laughs> what do you think it means? I don't know because I'm not particularly attached to corn dogs as food. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't pass up a corn dog at a state fair, but it's nothing that I ever crave. Um, I was feeling my biological clock tick a little bit at that time. Mm -hmm. So that could have had some sort of influence on that. But uh, other than that, I couldn't tell you. But I woke up and I laughed and I've been laughing about that dream ever since. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I now want someone to draw some kind of art. Of you holding a baby, but its face is eaten off. No! Oh, a corn dog, and it's half A corn dog baby, yeah. <laughs> I like that you said, no, 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 a corn dog baby. As if that's right. a thing. <laughs> that's an amazing dream. I'm very excited that you had that. And I bet that Mike is feeling really regretful that he did not get to hear it firsthand. Right. And wasn't it short? And it didn't have any of those weird, pointless details that dreams yeah, have. Yeah, it didn't go on for eight minutes. Nope. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I believe it. Yeah. Real was, dream. I did not make it up just nope. to get it on the show. It's very believable. You could have tweeted it. I could have. Yeah. If I, if you, you know, tweeted. If I had a tweeter. I feel like Mike should think about the consequences that he faces not hearing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I wish I had that dream. And I love that you woke up and laughed. That's the best yep. part. Mm -hmm. It was very happy. Any other dreams I have, I think are probably stress dreams because I wake up and I'm like, oh, thank God that's over yeah. with. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy to be waking up and going to work. That's exactly. a bad night of sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, shall we talk about some TBTL dreams? Yes. 
Now, I want to be clear, this is not a whole show that's about the Dreamcatcher segment, because that would be a little old mm-hmm. of Andrew, like, describing people's dreams. So we did some searching, and you did a lot of the pre-research on this, Christy, and we dug up some other dream-related clips, uh, one of which is so funny, I listened to it three times in a row today, (laughs) because anything that involves uh, Jen is always funny. Yes. But we came up with some really good things. And as always, I would like to thank the archivists uh, who brought us all these clips. First, the lovely Sarah Settlemeyer. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, also, uh, Miley Nakano. Do you think I am even close on that, Christy? That's how I say it in my head. Okay. When I correspond with her. Yes. I. Uh, that's a beautiful name. Yep. Also, our friend Megan Keene. Brought us a clip from this and also Ben Quick. So thank you, everybody. We really appreciate all your hard work. All right. Should we get into this one? (laughs) I'm very excited about this one. Me too. So the original air date on this one is March 31st, 2015. And what's interesting about this is this is the week that Little Red Bandwagon started as a podcast. So let's listen to what they have to say about us talking about Dreamcatcher. One thing that's concerning me a little bit, though, is um, I need your, I need to, we need to talk about something. Do we need to, well, do we need, how do you feel about the dream segment that we do called Dreamcatchers? I like it. You don't have to play the music or anything. I don't have any dreams ready to go right now, but there's a lot of chatter on the interwebs today saying that, like, the Dreamcatcher thing just needs to go. I think I did not listen to the Little Red Bandwagon podcast, which is about our podcast, but I believe that they they broached the topic on that podcast. And again, I didn't hear what they had to say, but apparently, probably, if I know Christy, it was um, done in the most gentle of ways, but apparently not a huge fan of that segment. And uh, a bunch of other people were kind of like, Thank you, Christy, for being so brave. The uh, Dreamcatcher segment does nothing for me. I, oh. I I say this, you know, with a little ego involved. It's the only kind of segment I think that I have actually come up with the idea of doing. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible that they just hate the theme song? Because the theme song is 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 annoying, but also I think kind of funny. It was sent to us by a listener. It was from an actual children's a play and musical. And it is a song called Dreamcatcher, which I won't play right here. Um, do you think it's just that the, the music annoys people? Or do no. you think the whole segment annoys people? I think, if anything, I would say the, uh, the, the music is probably the saving grace. Now, don't get me wrong. I like it. I, I'm not, I'm not again it. I, I think the fact that they're being tweeted in means that... I mean, I understand. The issue with people talking about their dreams is nothing makes sense, and they become rambly, and they go on and on and on, and it it seems exciting to the person telling the dream, but it's not exciting to the person listening to the dream. But I, I thought that Twitter was going to fix that because, you know, it has to They're be brief. They're much more succinct. Yeah. Exactly, and succinct. And so, like, I love... 
I love reading people's dreams. Like for the past couple of weeks, I wake up every morning and there's at least one, if not a bunch of people like waking up and tweeting me their dreams in 140 characters. And I love that. Somebody said, maybe it just belongs on the internet, which, you know, I don't want to, you know, I want to keep doing it, but I feel like I kind of forced you into that segment a little bit. And so I just thought that maybe we should have an honest conversation about whether or not that needs to go by the wayside. I like it. I mean, I don't think we need to do it every single day, but I think um, it's actually more interesting than I thought it would be. And I really like the fact that it's turned into Dream Court, (laughs) where we basically are just... um, (laughs) By the way, you're not the only one coming in for criticism from the listeners. Somebody said somewhere on the internet yesterday, uh, they enjoyed Dream Court, but they don't want to hear me sing the Night Court theme anymore. What? I felt like that was a... I, I thought that was a kind of a personal high point for me in terms of this show you know what without you singing night court we don't have the glenn Fryarama that we ended up <laughs> having on the show yesterday and yeah. uh you know you know that, that you can't you can't sacrifice one without sacrificing them both and i think it was worth it in the long run okay um i um i don't think you should let the uh the criticism this is why see this is why i'm not listening to the little mm-hmm. red bandwagon podcast yeah uh, which you can't ride in my little red wagon boo, uh, boo, uh, boo, uh, uh. but see the thing because i didn't I, I wanted them to be able to talk about the show in an open honest way but it doesn't do me any good if then everyone just writes about it on facebook right exactly <laughs> then i'm still then i'm still hearing whatever the you know thing was that wasn't popular which again I'm, uh, mike and christy uh, have every right to give an honest assessment of the show and their opinions. Yes, so absolutely. I don't, I, don't, yes. I don't want to stop that. But also, no. I don't think any good comes from me hearing it because I'll get inside my own head too much. Okay, Anne, what did you think? Is it the music, Christy? Is that why you hate Dreamcatcher? <laughs> no, I like it. It's catchy. I do too. That's my favorite part about the bit. That and that Andrew has so much joy about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That... Yeah, I, I I love the joy that he has about it. But I think Luke needs to be honest that he doesn't like it. Yes, he was he was being very yes and mm-hmm. to Andrew, but I felt that the yes and was not as enthusiastic as it might have been. He was being a very good sport about it and letting Andrew do something that he cares about a lot. But I didn't get the sense that he was that interested. Yeah, I mean, Luke was like, well, I get it. I mean, nothing makes sense. It's rambly. Or is this Andrew that says nothing makes sense? It's rambly. No one and no one really cares. But Andrew loves hearing people's dreams. And I guess it takes every every kind of person because I hate hearing people's dreams. I mean, (laughs) unless they're funny and short. But as soon mm-hmm. as, like, like Luke is explaining, and then this person, it was really this person, but with this face, and on and on, and on like, right. I'm right. not a therapist. Keep that for your therapist to talk about. And then I went into my childhood at home, but it wasn't exactly like my childhood home, but I knew it was my childhood home. And I'm like, I do not care. Even right. one and I've, tiny like, bit. I've definitely phased out, like, everything you're saying, and then the person goes, what do you think it means? And then I want to say, I think it means you get a therapist at this point because I don't (laughs) care. You pay a person to care. (laughs) And I love, um, uh, they said that, um, I I just said that I am not a leader. I just speak truth to power. Nobody likes dreams. And 
I, I don't know. It just, there, we do this thing at work where when there's a new person, you go around and you ask a question. Uh, everybody, uh, the new person asks a question. And I think mine was like, if you could live in a fictional place, where would it be? And then everyone goes around and says, hello, I'm Christy uh, and your position. And then you answer the question and then the new person does too. And then you kind of get to know everyone. And the new person that we just recently had asked, what is a reoccurring dream that you have? And I had to sit through 30 people's dreams. Oh, no. (laughs) It was my worst nightmare. (laughs) Because it was so much of, and then, but then this happened and that happened. And then this person wasn't really, that person was so weird. No, it wasn't weird. dream (laughs) well this is sort of the first real uh reaction that the guys have to lrb yes as you said because it was such a brand new show at the time and uh luke made a point of saying that he didn't listen to it Mm -hmm. i'm not convinced that andrew's never listened oh he says he has has he he? yeah he he listened at first so uh-huh. how this all happened is i think mike and i were going off on sten's page and the people were adding on probably mike ah. started it and then everyone's like i hate it too it's the worst and so then you know how the sten's page can get it's probably have 455 comments of people saying they hate it and then mm-hmm. and then andrew says lrb says they don't like it i'm like <laughs> that's not necessarily true i mean it is true but right it, that that wasn't you know the start of it um, he used to listen and then something hurt his feelings and he doesn't uh, listen. I don't know uh, that he doesn't. I bet that he still dips in sometimes. I hope so. Yeah. Truth to power indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get to thinking uh, since he said or they said, well, I didn't listen to it. But if I know Christy, she brought it up in the most gentle and loving way and I thought I'm gonna go back and find this and so I have a little bonus clip for everyone that I want to stick in right here that's Christy and Mike talking about how they feel about Dreamcatcher and the one thing that I want to say before we roll this clip is the reason that Mike's audio is so jacked up was because this was when Branson the bunny ate his microphone cord (laughs) Boy, they started the show with the Dreamcatcher segment. Christy, how do you feel about Dreamcatchers? Dreamcatchers is the worst segment ever in the history of life of all podcasts. And this is the one place where Andrew and I have disagreed ever. Um, Mostly because I don't want to hear anyone else's dreams. I don't even want to talk about my own. It's terrible. And I really appreciate that he took it and forced it to Twitter. Because now yeah. I I just have a I have a filter so I never see it with the hashtag and it's fine but I hate it. Well, the the one they brought up that episode is one that sounded like a just a flat out creation mm-hmm. and Luke called him out on it and Luke, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Andrew kind of agreed and everyone was like, mm, yeah, probably probably was made up and when you do something like that you're just inviting people to make shit up right you know because they want to sound interesting or cool 
And here's the thing. You probably are interesting and cool, but this dream thing is not working for you. Well, and that's what really annoyed me about it is because I would be looking through the feed in the stens and it would be like, my dad died and my upstairs neighbor was Tom Petty and he invited me into, you know, the, all these extravagant things. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I, I need to know more information about this story. And then it would be hashtag dreaming or dream catcher. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell? You sucked me in. Yeah, and the, the ones online were so long and you yes. got invested in it. And then you're two-thirds of the way through and you figure it out and you go, Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I know. I, I, stupid song comes through your head. I mind. know. And then it, it's like in your head. Um, before he moved it to Twitter, I almost created a whole Sten site for dreams because I couldn't handle it anymore. Oh, good good call. There, but now that it's at Twitter, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, we haven't seen any of that stuff in a while. I'd rather look at like a, I mean, if we turn the filters off, I'd rather look at, you know, pictures of like people trying to sell me Chinese Nikes right. and another dream catcher post. Yes. So Takamoto, just open it up, but filter the dream catchers. Yes. Uh, well, Christy, I, I wouldn't characterize your attitude as gentle and loving. Well, and you're not supposed to show proof that I'm not the nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're trying to take over that name. Oh, I don't think so. I think that's a lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the Stewbot will give you your own nickname if you want. <laughs> that would be great. You know, nobody ever gives me a nickname. I think I'm like nickname proof somehow. People just call me Anne. Hmm. I'm not nickname worthy. No, that's not true. <laughs> okay, Stu, if you're listening, Anne needs a nickname. Well, you can't force it, for God's <laughs> sake. I thought I came up with, I was the nice lady and you're the icing lady. Oh, that is pretty good. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> but I didn't think that you guys were mean so much as funny. And you were more criticizing dreams. And right. you said that Andrew was smart to force it to Twitter, where that really kept the length down to an acceptable level to try and, right. and force people to be more concise. Exactly. And you were just honest. Also, it makes it more funny. In making it short, I would actually read those because then they're going to be funny because people mm -hmm. choose the words that they are going to. Mm -hmm. And you were totally right about how people were posting their dreams on the Stens page and not making any indication that they were dreams until the very end when it was like hashtag TBTL dreams. Right. And I was like, what? Damn it. <laughs> what? David Bowie's your dad? How are we just finding this out? Oh, mm -hmm. you're right. It's a dream. It's not true. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Your baby's a corn dog? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Andrew should own this segment. If he likes it, yes. then he should make it work. They haven't done a dream catcher in a long time unless they do one, you know, between when we record this and when we release right. it, which is a little bit of time. So I guess it could happen, but I don't think it will. They have Song of Summer and the other segment of Song and Spoilers and Ice that I hate. <laughs> so many things to hate on. Yeah. So little time. I don't hate Song of the Summer as much as Song of Spoilers and Ice or whatever. Well, that's just because you don't watch Game of Thrones anymore. Well, I used to. So 
but that's the, that's another thing is that they never knew the names of people. So even when I watched it, it didn't make sense. Well, come on now. There's only <laughs> like 700 characters. It's not that's important true. that that's they remember, <laughs> you know, who they're talking about. As long as they get Arya and Jon Snow. Right. <laughs> well, shall we move on to the next dream? Yes. This is a Jen dream, and I do love it. This is from uh, June 16th of 2010. And uh, Jen's been dreaming about Kevin Costner. And let's listen to her tell about how that dream goes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, moving through the, the list of, uh, of, uh, of, of things that have been happening for you, Flash, you, you, you mentioned in an email to me that you've been having really intense Kevin Costner dreams. Yes, really, really intense dreams where I travel um, to his house in Malibu <laughs> and I break into his house and I find him like sitting out on his uh, deck overlooking the Pacific Ocean and I put my arms around him and I just start to weep and thank him for saving the Gulf. <laughs> and it's like really intense in my dream and sometimes he's like really intensely responsive, like totally hugs me back and says, I know how you feel and it's all going to be okay. And he like cries. And then sometimes he tries to get me out of his house and I won't leave. <laughs> and then sometimes he kind of hits on me a little bit. He starts rubbing my arm. Oh, wow. I know. It's really weird. And I've been having it every night and it kind of varies a little bit, but it's always like I, I get to his house and go in and I just, it's like, I just have to get to him to thank him. And um, so when I saw the story yesterday, and I, and I heard you yesterday, I know you talked about Gary Faulkner in Pakistan searching for uh, bin Laden, but I thought, I can kind of see, I mean, if I have a few more of these dreams, yeah. I'm, I might be needing to go to Malibu. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I can see where you get to the point where you're pretty sure that you're being led by something bigger than yourself. Yes, definitely. To go do something. And I don't know if you heard the news today, but BP has now ordered 30 of Kevin Costner's machines. Yeah. Yeah, they, I I um I had heard that, which is pretty amazing. Uh, that you know he's not apparently crazy, right? You know what I mean? Or like like uh, and and also you know I think this is interesting for for you, Jen, because uh when I was uh, dating your sister in high school, I was forced to see The Bodyguard. I think like two or three times, which uh -huh. I think was your influence on her, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. So you love the Costner. But then it's like you grow up and you're kind of like you start to understand that movies like Waterworld aren't really that great. So then you have this certain kind of distance you start to keep from Kevin Costner, like in your heart, like, oh, Bull Durham was good. But but then he does something like this. And now it's completely OK to have Kevin Costner dreams again. Yeah. And it's and it has really brought it back to like I listened to the Bodyguard soundtrack. Thank <laughs> God I still had it on my iPod yesterday. <laughs> And was like, these songs are awesome. This movie was great. Like, I'm having this whole renaissance experience with him. And I don't know, how, you know, I don't know how long. I, we've talked a little bit about my new dream powers. Yes. So yes. I don't know how long these dreams are going to go on. I don't know where they're heading. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like every night I am dreaming about <laughs> getting to him. Do you talk and to Jason? Do you tell it, Jason about these dreams? Yeah. And he's <laughs> not he's not um, he's not put off by that. He does. He's not jealous. No, he's not jealous. He's a little, I mean, Jason's concern is always that I'm sliding more toward Crazyville. <laughs> Which I, you know, uh, don't think is invalid. No, it's not. And I think it's, you know, it, we talk about that. I mean, we've talked about it on this show all the time, too. You know, there's it's a sliding scale of crazy. And, yeah. you know, eccentric is fun, but then it starts getting worse. Right. So his, his concern is always like, okay, you're having intense dreams about Kevin Costner. That's fine. But once you say, I want to go to Malibu 
to find him, that's when we need to have a conversation right. about Crazyville. Right. Because if you ask any person who's broken into any famous person's house, they would always say, I think, almost exactly the same thing. You don't understand. We have a connection. If I can just talk to David <laughs> Letterman, Nicolas Cage, uh, Brad and Angelina, fill in the blank of people who've had people just standing randomly in their house when they get home. If I could just get a moment, if I could just talk to them. You know what, Flash? It's a lot like me trying to book guests for the TBTL live shows. I feel like if I could just talk to Louis C.K., then I could make him understand that he should fly from New York out to Seattle and (laughs) appear for free on our podcast taping. I just need to talk to them. Please uncuff me uh, so and stop macing me and tasering me. Because I need to just talk to them for a minute and I'll make them understand. That's the mentality of a crazy person, which uh, I uh, certainly have uh, during certain uh, certain times and which it sounds like you also have. Yes, I do. And um, at this point, I'm, st- I'm just letting the dreams kind of, you know, they're, they're not leading me anywhere specific right now. But I do know for sure, because I like to learn from other people's mistakes, that if I decide to go, I will not take a sword. Good. So I have a little bit of context for this, Christy. Okay. Um, this happened, I think, relatively soon after that Gulf Coast oil spill, where all the oil was leaking out from BP or whatever, it seems like so long ago, which it was. But apparently, Kevin Costner had an invention, some sort of machine that was built to separate the oil out of the water. And, uh, BP was, of course, very invested in making this happen. And so that's what she's talking about when she says that BP ordered 30 of his machines. But when I read a little further on this, it turned out that they didn't really test the machines that well. Like, they bumped him to the head of the line because he was Kevin Costner. There were apparently like a whole mess of people that had inventions that were supposed to do this, but because he was Kevin Costner, he got extra attention and the machines didn't really turn out to work that well. Like sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't, but they clogged really easily. So Jenna's all excited about this, you know, wonderful thing that Kevin Costner has done and how he's saving the Gulf. But, uh, but I, I think her joy was a little bit premature. <laughs> well, I need to know, did he invent this himself? Or did he just invest in a company that invented uh, it? I don't remember. I want to say that it was his daughter, but I might be totally wrong about this. Let us, let's do a quick Google search. Kevin Costner oil spill. Be- this is the thing that they never do on TBTL It'll is actually... Ocean Therapy Solutions is a company owned by actor uh, Kevin Costner. He bought it from the United States government for $24 million in 1995. The company specializes in developing centrifugal oil water separators. So I guess he did not invent it. I thought his daughter was involved somewhere, but there is there is a picture of him with her in this article. So Because if you... Or BP, because hopefully they're the ones that had to clean it up or pay for it. Wouldn't you have taken every single machine and put yes. it out there? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's what they call I a state would. of emergency. 
Like, just try it all. I think they did try a lot. It's just that they bumped him to the top of the line. It says it it took three attempts before technical experts could see the centrifuges in action. The first attempt to deploy them was called off for safety concerns. A second test failed when the pump that was supposed to feed the old water into the centrifuge became clogged. Uh, The thick, gooey substance simply could not be siphoned up into the centrifuges for processing then it looks like the third test worked and they ended up ordering 32 centrifuge systems from him Hmm. so well good for him for being invested and being passionate about water cleanup i actually haven't seen water world so i don't know exactly if there's a tie-in there or not but (laughs) he cares about water issues if it was Sean Penn, he'd be out there in a boat cleaning it himself with his hands. Right. Right. <laughs> if only we could all be Sean Penn. Right. <laughs> but I I love this dream. I think this is so great that Jen is having this dream a repeated number of times to the point where <laughs> she's like thinking about his house in in Malibu like she hasn't gotten to the point where she's actually going to go find him this was actually my my favorite part is when Luke was like what does Jason think about it and she's like well he's okay I mean when I start talking about actually going there then we have to have a conversation (laughs) makes me think that Jason is the best person on this entire planet that he just rolls with this craziness yeah Well, I feel like that's what friends and partners are for, is to keep your crazy in check. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. I'm in trouble. I don't have anybody to keep my... Well, that's true. You have friends. You'll tell me. Yeah. If you say, Christy, I've been having sex dreams about Kevin Costner, and now I'm going to Malibu, I'd say, okay, (laughs) we need an intervention. And I like that this has like rekindled her love for the bodyguard and the bodyguard soundtrack. And yes. <laughs> that's another movie I haven't seen. The bodyguard? Is, is that weird? Yeah, I haven't seen Titanic. I know that's considered weird. Mm-hmm. Is it weird that I haven't seen the bodyguard? No, can I tell you that I also haven't, but I've for years pretended I have. <gasps> oh, you sneaky Just devil. in that I go, just like if you would have said, wasn't he so great in the body? Like just now, if you would have said he was so great in the bodyguard, I would have gone, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I haven't like actually said, and then on last Wednesday, I went to see the bodyguard. I just haven't, I don't know why. I don't know what year it came out, but for some reason I wasn't going to the movies. It hits all the spots that I should have liked a love story with Whitney Houston Uh and a great soundtrack. But I just, Maybe because I just don't think of him as sexy. Me neither. (laughs) It's just like, never has he been sexy. Okay, actor, sure. Sexy, never. And don't come at me with Bull Durham because he wasn't (laughs) sexy in that. (laughs) Uh, The Bodyguard came out in 1992. So what were we, like 15, 16 Mm -hmm. back then? Yeah, we should have seen this, Yes, right? Hmm. I don't know why. I just just miss me. Hmm. Well, maybe we should rectify that. I'm not saying I'm going to, <laughs> but I'm saying I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll think about it. 
And and I thought, when was the last time I saw Kevin Costner in a movie? So I went to IMDb, mm-hmm. and I see you have a note here about yep. hidden figures mm-hmm. that he was in. And before that, I want to say it was like Robin Hood. <laughs> Might have been last the last him? movie I saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you had said, what what is your favorite Kevin Costner movie? So new one is Hidden Figures, because that is a great movie. Have you seen it? Yes. It's so great. Um, yeah, again, I liked it a lot. Not sexy in it. I mean, it's always no. great to be uh, fighting for racial equality. So that's mm-hmm. sexy. Um, but I rarely find those horn rim glasses to be very sexy, frankly. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those and like, for some reason, army issued glasses that are always in those movies. <laughs> the big thick ones. So sexy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. And then my favorite old Kevin Costner movie is JFK only because I used to be a huge fan of playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And that's such a great movie. It's like the centerpiece of being able to connect everyone in Hollywood. So that's the only reason. It has nothing to do with Kevin Costner. (laughs) It's not about the the person at all. Um. I'm doing a really quick review here on IMDb. I think, oh my God, it has been a long time since I've seen a Kevin Costner movie. But I did like that stupid Robin Hood movie. I think I tried to rewatch it recently Mm -hmm. and it does not hold up. I mean, he wasn't good in it anyway and it wasn't a good movie, but I was 14. I really liked it. I did not see Dances with Wolves. Uh, Field of Dreams. There we go. I liked Field of Dreams. But he wasn't sexy. again, not sexy. No. (laughs) So I want to know, I want to wish I could go back in time and sit in the meeting when it was decided that he's sexy because he's not. Oh, you know, that's the same way I feel about Nicolas Cage. When did we decide that Nicolas Cage was sexy because a no? Yeah, zero, zero percent on that. Why are we talking about Kevin Costner? <laughs> <laughs> because Jen, I love that she, the only thing she talks about is that he's this great humanitarian, which is awesome. Right. That's a yeah. good person to have sex dreams about. Yep. And that makes him sexy to her. Yes. Way to go, Jen. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one, um, which is dear to my heart. Um, this is, comes from a March of, 2015 and this is about whether people are making up dreams hey walsh uh, have you been catching any you look like a dream catcher came to life (laughs) catch any good dreams lately i feel like if anything i've been catching too many dreams luke i have a backlog of tbtl (laughs) dreams the length of your arm so here's what i'm going to do by the way if you don't know what we're talking about you, you send me your dreams via twitter uh, hashtag TBTL dreams. And uh, these are, I want to mention, real dreams. These, these are, are real like, dreams. I hope that one day world peace will prevail. This is, no, I, you know, was making out with Michael Jackson, but he had Madeleine Albright's face. Right, or I was making out with Michael Jackson and hoping that world peace would prevail. Like, that's mm-hmm. fine, too. This is right. as long as but it just, happened while you were sleeping. Dreams. Right, yeah, These exactly. are things that went through your, your, your nightscape. Exactly. And um, so I've been collecting these. People have been tweeting at me like crazy. 
So I have a long list, Luke. I'm going to start with the oldest ones and just start working through them. And when you get tired, because the whole thing is like you don't like hearing about people's dreams. You're only doing this to keep me happy, which I appreciate. So when you get when you get tired of these, just tell me and we'll just we'll save the rest for later. But um, okay. let's see. So um, uh, Totem Media tweeted at us uh, for the second time. I've dreamt that I had to have my memories downloaded so I could have surgery to remove a brain parasite. It's the second mm, time. It's very matrixy. Yeah. I don't know. The same dream twice. That is maybe something you should talk to your doctor about. Don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Matthew tweets at us. I'm sent to a combat arena. The opponent is Garrison Keeler. The prize <laughs> is space fajitas. Best food any humid human ever ate. I'm here... Not to be rude, do you believe that one? You know, somebody uh, wrote to us saying, you know, I'm concerned about this whole dream thing, Walsh. I'm thinking it's just giving people the opportunity to, to just kind of make stuff up, and you can't fact check it. Um, yeah. Mostly I, and Tate, I appreciate Matthew sending this in. I don't want to beat you up about it, but mm -hmm. there's just a lot of this that, if, if any dream I've ever read sounds a little yeah, that enhanced. Lying is like 95% of what I do. It's a little, it's, 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 I mean, if there was a cat shooting a laser, that'd be the only thing that yeah. would make it sound a little bit more, it's sort of, it's right out of like central dream casting. Like, I, yeah. I, I know, I'm sorry. You know what, what's the name of the listener? Matthew. And I feel bad. I feel like I'm just yeah, calling him Matthew's, a liar. I don't know. I know. That. We shouldn't do that. But I no. have to say, Matthew, you need to get more original dreams. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you're telling the truth, I, I need you to go I'm, out there. I'm going to choose to believe Matthew, but I'm going to tell him that his dreams are a little too bacon pirate for me. Hmm. Get some, get some, do you have a gen, like, can we give an example to Matthew of the way he should be dreaming? Like, do you have another one that nails real dream weirdness? Um, let's see here. I believe this one, um, Anne writes in, stress dream turned into one about a dog cafe. Kristen Shaw was there having lunch with her Airedale. Like, okay. that sounds that like sounds, something that would happen. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, and it's not like, and then... She had, uh, you know, she did the history of hip hop with Jimmy Fallon, and then they turned into pirates. Right. You know what I mean? Like the what 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 the what I'm learning from hearing about everybody else's dreams, Andrew, is mm -hmm. that my dreams are a mess. Really? My well, my dreams are like um, uh, if everyone else's dreams, or at least the people who have been tweeting into you, if their dreams are like uh, a, a painting. Like, uh, you know, a, a painting of a scene where you got a couple people and they're having lunch somewhere, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, their dreams, it seems, have characters who are doing something and there's at least some semblance of a framework of reality. My dreams are like outsider art that are just like torn up collages of mm -hmm. things from a magazine that just like words and then like a person's mouth. And then like, you know what I mean? Like my dreams, I, I, don't, I don't have anything happen in my dream that is like where there's even I dreamed I was at this place and this happened. It's more just like my dreams are just pictures that are happening in my head. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and I it think makes I me there's jealous. no through line. There's no there's through, no line, through line, line or any kind of um, narrative really involved. And I think it might be part of why I'm kind of not as interested in dreams as some people are because I have not had the experience. I think I have dream envy hmm. because I, I feel like these people are having dreams that are kind of an interesting little like in, adventure and I, my dreams are just my dreams are like a bad, uh, a, a bad grad student 
art video. Do you know the ironic thing of you telling this is one person tweeted me a painting that she had made of her dream. And I don't have it in front no of me way. right now. I can't remember the name. No, no, no. Somebody said this is a painting I made of a dream that I had a while back. I don't think that she what? painted it for us. I think that she painted it because she had this dream. And it, I believe it involved an alien. It involved some sort of a big red creature with its arms over its head. Wow. It was, See, that's yeah. maybe what I need to be doing to process my my business because it's not again it's like i wish like it, i used to have those kind of dreams and they've just gone away i don't know what's mm-hmm. changed about my brain's chemistry uh do you have any other dreams you want to lay on us real um, quick you know i mean there are you a like lot those? of good ones in here and again i don't know exactly where to stop joseph wrote i dreamt that i rode an elevator to the top of the tallest building in the world because i thought batman was up there but he wasn't see now that is a dream i can get hip to yeah okay and i have to ask you are you listener Anne that wrote in I am not. Okay. I need to find, figure out. I was like, it's Anne. It's Anne. <laughs> you were still a silent 10 at that time. Yes. I, d- I did not have a dream about Kristen Shaw and a dog cafe with her Airedale. <laughs> but that is, that's a nice tight dream, I'll say. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite part is when, when they are about to segue into it, into this into the terrible segment is that Luke says, catch any dreams lately? <laughs> and then they play the song. It's amazing. It makes me laugh. Every it is. Time. I I want everybody to know this is the only time in the clips that we actually had the Dreamcatcher song. So if you hate the Dreamcatcher song, it's just this and well, the beginning of this episode. But I think that's pretty good. In a Dreamcatcher focused show that yes. we only played it twice. Yes. So you're welcome. <laughs> and sorry. <laughs> Whatever. They both ask, do you think people are making these up? And I say, of course they are. People want to be on the show. And this is a this is the only way at this time that they were taking listener feedback. If you email them, they usually don't read it. This this was a, t- a small amount of time that you could more likely get on the show. Your name could be called. So, Noda, of course, people were making them up. Hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, it's part of my not really remembering my dreams that I don't necessarily know what sounds like a made-up dream and what sounds like a real dream? Are you saying that you don't think it's realistic that that Matthew might have to fight Garrison Keillor in a combat arena? No, it's too on it's too on the nose, as they say. Oh, don't start with me, girl. <laughs> it's just like it's it's just too much to what they would find interesting. I am curious about space fajitas, though. <laughs> if that's a made-up detail, I really I need to know what space fajitas are. Yeah, I need to try the space fajitas, obviously. I mean, the person who made that up has a great imagination. <laughs> Maybe should open a restaurant, but I don't believe it to be true. Hmm. Well, it set off Andrew's bullshit radar and right. that's usually pretty accurate yes he's so good at it mm-hmm. um and i really like this this was my advice after this whole clip was how about we paint our dreams instead of tweeting them because that involves effort <laughs> because painting your dreams is not super practical in an audio medium <laughs> 
Although I guess that would work out for you then. Right. Exactly. That's <laughs> what's my advice. My advice. Um, and I would like to know your corn dog dream as a tweet. I have absolutely no idea. This is what I would do if I were you. Okay. I gave birth. The baby was a corn dog. <laughs> Hashtag I ate it. <laughs> Oh, that's like poetry. <laughs> but I think the underlying question about these made-up dreams is, does it matter if they're made up? Well, it's not story time catcher. That's true. I mean, I could make up an elaborate story. My story about having an extra how uh, extra room in the house, that's uh-huh. weird and obviously a stress dream about buying a house. But if I decided to put my imagination into it, I could have created a whole crazy thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. So, I mean, I don't know. I still don't like the segment. So whether you make it up or you don't. Right. I I agree that uh, the segment is a little bit problematic just because people's dreams aren't that interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and what exactly can you talk about when you have a whole segment. I mean, where's the deeper conversation? She says 50 odd minutes into an episode about dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the thing is, I also don't think talking about my own dreams is interesting. So it's not just like, I don't Mm want to hear yours. I don't think mine are interesting to me or anyone else either. So I do sort of think on the fragments that I get, like, what could that possibly mean? But I don't know. I actually liked what Luke had to say about he thinks that he's dreaming wrong because his dreams don't have any kind of a through line that they're more just sort of a bunch of still images, just like flash, flash, mm-hmm. flash. Um, I That seems like reasonable dreaming to me. Yeah. Maybe that's what makes him more suspicious about made up dreams. Oh, because his doesn't have more of like character plot mm-hmm. beginning and end. Yeah, I think probably more people do dream that way. Yeah, I guess. All right. Should we start the last one? Yes. <laughs> this is my favorite of the clips, um, mostly because it is one of the few times when Luke can't muster much of a snappy retort to anything He is so flummoxed by this conversation that he doesn't really know what to make of it. (laughs) And it comes from the early days on the radio from January 12th, 2009. And uh, Vanessa is on the show. It's part of Awesome Not Awesome. And Luke says that it is not awesome because Vanessa is upset at him for his behavior in her dream. Anyway, um... <clears throat> this is awesome, not awesome, and I'm glad that Vanessa's here because um, we can talk a little bit about this, uh, what apparently is now an emerging trend, or it may not be emerging. It may have always been around. Maybe in the cave days, cave women were uh, had crazy, angry thoughts uh, at their cave husbands, like now. By which I mean, I think it's not awesome. Come on! I personally feel it's not awesome, that I've been kind of in trouble for the last two days <laughs> because, Vanessa, tell me about this dream you had. Well, the thing is that it's on the heels of another dream in which you did something really bad, too. The first dream was 
We were at a party. Mary Louise Parker was there. And she was wearing this awesome camel-colored wool skirt and no top. <laughs> and he would not stop staring at her boobs. And at first, I was like, it's okay. They are amazing. You're right. It's totally natural to stare at them. But then he would not stop. And then a week later, I have this other dream. First of all, can I just, I hate to inject, like, what do we call it? Oh, the um, actual world that we live in into this. But, you know, I, that was a dream. I was not there. And also, I don't have a boob staring problem, per se, do I? <laughs> no, not. In real life, not on this. Because women don't walk around without their tops. But I bet if they did. Well, yeah, but would. I think they'd be asking for it at that point. Do you have <laughs> a Nancy party. Botwin thing? I don't know what that is. You know, you're a little into Mary Louise. Well, who's she? Who's who? What was that? A character she played? On Weeds. Sorry. Oh yeah. Are you into Mary Louise a little bit? No, I mean not not any more than than I think. I guess I think she's attractive or something. I think that oh, Ioni something. Ioni Sky is much more attractive. <gasps> no. Hmm. Well, anyway, moving okay, on. Moving so on. first, I stared at her chesticles in a dream, <laughs> yes. which, by the way, I need to remind you, is not the real world. But okay. <laughs> and then a few nights ago, I had a dream where I was engaged to this guy I went to college with named Joe Kennedy, who's this really good friend of mine. And Luke was there and didn't even care. There Why was, didn't you care? There was no reaction. Because it, it's not an actual world where <laughs> I live or have any control over anything. It was inside her brain. That's probably why. I don't know. And why I why didn't I have a him. unicorn horn? <laughs> Because it was a dream. First of all, if I had a dream I married someone else, I probably wouldn't even tell you because you would find that hurtful that I had I had dreamed about marrying someone else. Well, I hadn't married him. I was engaged to him. Well, even so. It, you still had time to stop it. And then, <laughs> and you didn't. That's where the hurt comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I... I can't. I mean, I thought this was like a funny joke, but what I can't believe is 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 how how common this is. I got an email from the listener Kate of the Green Lake Tents. I get mad at my boyfriend for things he does in my dreams all of the time. The last situation involved him telling me that I had a gigantic butt. I do not, but I was angry for ten <laughs> minutes after I woke up. I put this observation up on my blog, and three different people, all female, wrote me that they do the same thing. My philosophy about it is this. While I'm not 100% justified in getting angry for stuff he does in my dreams, I can maybe be 45% justified because clearly I am upset about him doing something bad or else I wouldn't be dreaming about it, right? So is this what this is? Like, you're you're, you're angry or you're, you feel like I'm not jealous enough or you feel like I wouldn't be upset enough? <laughs> like, in real life, do you, in real life, have a concern that I wouldn't be upset enough about you getting engaged to someone else? And so the, it, this is how it gets processed? I don't know. You know, I think we also had the conversation where I asked you what you would in do real if life I or died. This in real time? life, we were, we were in the TV room and I asked you, if you what you would do if I died. And I think maybe, I think it was actually probably the day before I had the dream. What was my answer? Well, you were like, I'd be sad. No, that is not what I said. I said, I would totally not be okay. Like, if you or Addie died, I would have a really, I would have a profoundly hard time going forward with my life. It wouldn't be one of those things where it's like, you know, people die, you move on. I would be <laughs> like, it would be some bib, some Old Testament stuff going on. I'd be in like sackcloth and ashes and like rending my garments kind of stuff. There. That's more or less what I said. 
That well, no, that's that's not what you said. But see, that's Did a you great say it in answer. Your dream? Yeah, you said. It in your I was dreaming about Knight Rider, <laughs> who I'm pissed at. Topless Knight Rider again. Coming, Michael. <laughs> You're not going to wear that, are you? Um, Jennifer, what's your version of this? Well, what happens to me is if there's a, fr- a growing frustration, I will end up having a conversation with Jason about it in my mind where I play both parts. And by the end, I'm very, very frustrated with him for how he has behaved in the conversation. <laughs> and so then, like, this just happened uh, two days ago. I got in the car. We were coming to work. And I got in the car and I shut the door and I said, I'm really upset about this. And he said, what are you upset about? I said, I'm very upset because we have this whole situation where we have this mirror and I don't know how to get it off the wall and I need him to do it. And and I feel like he's not being proactive in getting this mirror off the wall. And so I was telling him this and he said, well, all you had to do was ask me. I'm like, I asked you and then you said to me that you can't take the mirror off the wall because if you take the mirror off the wall, you know, Jen's going to have specific ideas about that and I'll do it wrong and I won't do it right. And I we had this and he said, we did not have that conversation. I'm like, well, we basically could have. Because I know you well enough to have known that that's what you would have said in the conversation. So, and I still stand by that. <laughs> we, didn't need to, we didn't need to have the conversation because I know what he'll say so I can just have it myself in my mind. I don't even, I don't even know how to respond to something like that. I feel like it's so nuts. And that, like if a guy's put that forward, it would be so uncool. But because, you know, you're girls... We're very intuitive, first of all, and instinctive as well. And so I think that I just know, I think women generally, when we live with a man, we know him very, very well. We know his thoughts even better than he does because men aren't usually that in touch with their inner life. I'm deeply in touch with my inner life. This whole show is about my inner (laughs) life. So, I mean, for the record. Well, I know Jason's inner life far better than he does. So I figure I can just figure out our issues myself by playing him and me. Man, this is deep. I wish that there was some kind of a brochure that you guys gave out before we all started getting (laughs) married and dating and living together and whatever it is we do. Because if I knew about some of this stuff, I think I would have maybe, you know, I don't know. I would. Well, I think I I just I would like to go into it with my eyes open. I would just like to know that there's a good chance I'll be in trouble for dream fights. (laughs) Just going into it. That's something I feel like I should know. That's fair, right? Well, I think if you guys want to make your brochure up as well, I mean, I think that you've gone into this entire conversation with this idea that women are crazy and men are sane. We're all equal crazy and equal sane. It's just in no, different areas. Guys are not guys are not insane. We're just selfish and we're basically selfish and lazy, but we're not insane. And women are generally hardworking and caring, but insane. That's what I think. Don't you don't you I mean, guys are just not nearly as complicated. I mean, this is so stretching into men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I apologize. But really and truly, I think most of the time when guys are are behaving badly in a relationship, it's out of just kind of selfishness and mostly laziness, not wanting to change how they are as people or whatever. I think that women are far more likely to really kind of amend their behavior and think long and hard about, like, how does this make the other person feel? And how can I do a better job of this and how can I and how can I help the other person change so we can there's a way more thought going into the relationship from the women who really want it to work and will usually not always but usually stick around for a long time but they're also way more prone to being crazy such as imaginary conversations and dream fights uh, would you be upset at Luke for this no 
know. And so this is ridiculous, I've, right? I've had dreams where I don't remember the dream, but I wake up and I just feel like something kind of bad happened, or I feel like something sad in a dream happened, and I just kind of am in a little gloomy for a little bit, and then I'm like, oh, that was a dream. Uh, get over it. Like, but to not only tell the person, but to hold a grudge for over a week. Yes. No, that's weird. This is crazy town. Crazy. Is what it is. It's crazy. And if you do this, you are crazy. Yep. I mean, I love you, but still, I I love the specificity of uh, the number one dream that Vanessa has, the Mary Louise Parker dream, mm-hmm. where she talks about what she was wearing. I didn't write it down. It was the camel colored wool skirt or whatever she has this very specific vision of what the skirt was and then she was topless right and that he just kept looking at it (laughs) and i like when she when he said i must remind you this is not the real world (laughs) (laughs) and i get the feeling the fact that it was brought up that they had probably talked this to death because he mm-hmm. just sounded exhausted by this whole topic and the fact that he's like, you know what? We're bringing this to TBTL court because this is right. insanity. <laughs> and he tried to turn it back on her. I thought that he had like a good a good argument on this. So she was talking about the number two dream where she was engaged to Joe Kennedy, mm-hmm. not is it is that that um, the one who's currently in Congress? He's Joe Kennedy, right? Joe Kennedy the third. Oh think. yeah, I don't think but so not him. No. Somebody that she knew named Joe Kennedy, and she was engaged, and Luke didn't care enough to try and stop it, and he tried to turn it around on her and said, "Look, I should be upset because yes. you were marrying someone else," and she was like, "I was only engaged. You could have stopped it," and he was just like, "But, but." I mean, right. So he should be mad at her that she's cheating Uh on him in a fake world. Right. And then we're like, what did he say? This is a fake conversation that happened in a fake world. (laughs) And then Jen gets into it with these conversations that she has with Jason where she plays both parts. Yes. Do you do this? No. I mean... I definitely like like forecast conversations sometimes, like maybe I sort of prep in my mind and, or have arguments in my mind with people, but I don't make the mistake of thinking that that's for real, mm-hmm. that I can pre- predict anybody's behavior based on you know what's in my brain. Oh, because this is something I'm actually working on in therapy. <laughs> I mean, not to the extent like Jen does. And I don't know how much is Jen um, not exaggerating, but a little bit overboard uh, Mm -hmm. in her explanation to make it more funny because it is funny when she's telling the story. Super funny. But I will do like, well, I'm feeling this way, but I know if I tell it to Jeremy, he's going to say this, this and this, and then I'm going to do this and then he's just going to do this and I'm going to feel crappy. And Mm. I've actually said that in therapy and the therapist is like well does that seem fair that you've had this whole (laughs) this whole conversation and an argument and he doesn't get to participate 
What it sounds like to me is it sounds like you're doing a little future tripping. Yes. There. For sure. Projecting, future tripping. Mm-hmm. And then I I do, I don't get mad, but I'm like, well, I can't, I obviously can't discuss that topic. Right. Because you feel like you know how it's going to yes. end up. And you know what? I'm usually So right. why go there? I'm usually right. <laughs> <laughs> but now, because we've talked about it in therapy, I can say, I want to discuss this and I feel like I felt like you might say this and then usually he doesn't do that because I've <laughs> because he's mm. stubborn, just as stubborn as me. So it'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I shouldn't have that result because I know that that's going to make her mad. But I, I just feel like we kind of do this as women. Like Jen says, we're intuitive and in, and in, and instinctive. And I think that's kind of true. We already... We kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think there's definitely some some validity to that, for sure. And Luke says he wants a brochure, I guess, about women. Mm-hmm. How are that'll that'll work? And and I have to say, I really bought his argument at the end of of this clip where Jen was trying to say men and women are equally insane. And he was like, no, men are selfish. Women are insane. I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, I think insane's a sort of a harsh way to put it. Yes, it's inflammatory. Right. I would say they're more, they project and get angry about that projection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty wide. And Obviously, what, like, the relationship that he was in, that was the case at the time. And they mm-hmm. probably drove each other to be selfish and insane. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, relationships aren't one-sided, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I liked that. I also like that um, I, I made a note that Dream Fights, I want that to be a band name. Oh, what kind of music would it be? Uh, just... The uh, just like a cover of Dreamcatcher all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I feel like it might be metal. Interesting. That's not where I would have gone oh, with it. What would you have gone? I don't know. I was thinking like uh, some something kind of poppy. Oh, okay. Next year, song of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a LRB band. You know the piano. Yeah, I had to practice. And Meredith knows the cello. Does she? Same as you. Stopped. I think she stopped at like eighteen. Oh. I can play the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> you can also sing. I I think we have a band here. I want to be like Elton John where I have the microphone like over the piano so yes. I can play and sing at the same time. And kind of punky like Tori Amos style. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm into it. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else to say about this clip? I don't think so. Other than that, it was really fun. I really enjoyed that one. All right. Let's slide right in and do a little housekeeping then. Uh, I guess our merchandise in the merch store is not exactly new anymore. We've had it for a few months now. But if you haven't checked it out, please do. And I know that we uh, are open to ideas. If somebody has a really great idea for a t-shirt or a mug or something this is your store too please someone make a drawing of a corn dog baby and we'll put it on a onesie (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, the archive project is going great. Is this the truth, Christy? 385 weeks archive? Yes. Hopefully I'll have another one to add pretty soon. Yay. And almost to a year. Well, I got a yes. few months left. You know, the thing that I remember, when you started the archive project, Mike was running his mouth and he said, if anybody did 40 weeks, he would go to their house and take cheese. And I would just like to say, I am not that far from 40 weeks. Yeah. How many more weeks do you think you have? Um, Five more. Mike, get the cheese ready. <laughs> cheese party. <laughs> Is he going to bring cheese from Texas? I mean, it seems weird to bring cheese to cheese country. That's true. I guess we can go shopping when he gets here. <laughs> I'm willing. If there's a special Texas cheese, then okay, I'll, I'll go with it. Okay. Yes. Ooh, queso. Yes. Okay. Now I'm thinking about cheese. All right. Uh, continuing on in the housekeeping before I just get swept away in a river of cheese thoughts. Uh, if you are buying things on Amazon and how are you not buying things on Amazon? Please do us a favor. Use our affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon and kick a few pennies our way. And don't forget to send in your favorite LRB moments. We're going to have a best of show in a few months. And uh, we'd love to have your contributions for that. Uh, things that you really liked, things that made you laugh, things that made you mad. I guess uh, anything that strikes your fancy will be happy to include it. All right. And how you can get involved, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com. You can submit through your phone. This is where everybody submitted how much they love Anne and wanted to hear about her hot dog dreams. Um, <laughs> go to. <laughs> I know. I forgot to say my dream catcher is like TBTL adjacent because it did involve hot dog type material yeah, it was a hot dog story and a dream catcher both of mike's favorite things rolled into one <laughs> one yep and fried in a delicious corn batter <laughs> <laughs> so uh go to throwyourphone.com tell us how much you love or hate the stens page or anything else that you're hearing um you can go to facebook our site is a little red bandwagon and or see us on the stents page um you can tweet us at at lrb podcast you can email us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com or send us a text or a voicemail 802-432-tbtl that's 802-432-8285 and we hope to see all of you at the picnic with your crazy decided Whatever you decide that you're supposed to bring, hopefully there's some ice and maybe some vegetables at some point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat anything anybody brings. Oh. <laughs> okay, maybe not anything. I better not put that statement out there. Yeah. Will you eat a half-eaten um, octopus? <sighs> Depends on how hungry I am, I guess. Agree. Agree. Okay. <laughs> All right. Until next time, this is the next party. I said your line, Christy. I love it. <laughs> and we love you, Mike. <laughs> kind of. <laughs>
You can find Luke and I. What I'm Andrew underscore Walsh. You're at Luke Burbank. Hashtag at TBTL Dreams. Like Matthew wrote in, got new job fixing complicated machines. Arriving for the first day, I discovered the machines were all made of Twizzlers. <laughs> I find that to be believable um, in in the realm of dreams. I like that what this has really turned into is dream court, <laughs> where you basically decide if you think these are real dreams that happened or people just trying to come up with hilarious <laughs> ideas of what a dream could be so as to get their name read on TBTL. I like the idea of change. Can you get a drop or something that um, changes this whole segment from to dream, dream court to dream court? What I feel like is it would it would somehow involve the theme from Night Court. I think you're absolutely right, and I think with little Harry Anderson action somehow. But then somehow I don't want to hear about your Harry Anderson. <laughs> um, but then also somehow I don't know how we, maybe it's different lyrics. There are no lyrics to the Night Court theme song though. It was just that was in that. Um, I'm going to sing the Night Court theme song. Okay, you know it off the top of your head. Of I think it was like it's real jazzy. Mm-hmm. It's like but doop doop. It's like got some kind of like baseline thing coming in, and then it goes do 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 do. Then there's like a jazzy horn or a guitar. That's what I think the night court theme is. Do you want how close I actually? Oh yeah, do you have it up there too? Because I no, do you have it? Yeah, yeah. Let's play. Let's see how I did. Not bad. Good job, Luke.